0: Welcome to the first episode of Tech Tragedies. I'm your host, Christina Pierce. First, we'll start with an excerpt from the Daily Beast. Under the moniker Iceman, Vision operated an underground criminal marketplace called Carter's Market that brought hackers and identity thieves together to do business. The site achieved legendary status in 2006 when Vision hacked into competing cybercrime forums and merged them into his own site by force, a move that marked the computer underground's first hostile takeover. Max Butler was one of the most notable hackers to this day. Max, driven by the desire for power, started to pursue the obstacle of becoming the kingpin of the dark marketplace. He went on a 48-hour hack, where he took on his biggest competitors. Before we get to the ending, though, we have to start with Max's past and what led him to the moment he decided to take over. From the age of 14, after his parents' divorce, Max was on the computer, which eventually led to his interest in the bulletin board systems, or BBS. The BBS was the primary kind of online communication and community through the 1980s and early 1990s, before the World Wide Web came into play. BBSs are normally dedicated to a certain subject, and as you can imagine, Max was most interested in the technology bulletin board systems. From there, his interest was sparked, and he started reading the online magazine Frack. The Frack magazine was a popular online magazine for hackers. The magazine was first published on the 17th of November in the year 1985, and was issued on the Metal Shop BBS. The magazine talked on a multitude of subjects, including hacking, computer security, freaking, cryptography, anarchy, etc. The list goes on forever. Frack was fundamentally a how-to guide for upcoming hackers and those interested in computers. This, of course, wasn't the only online magazine like this at the time, but one of the most notorious. This online magazine was run by two hackers that went by the names Night Lightning and Tyrann King. The magazine ran until 2005, where it was shut down for good. I could go on and on about this magazine. But the point is, is that Max was spotted with copies of this magazine throughout his high school hallways, which we can assume is the beginning of his interest in hacking. Max was a troubled kid from the start, and in high school he was creating mischief, breaking into his high school and writing messages on the chalkboard. He also had a violent past. And he saw jail time in 1991 for five years after strangling his current girlfriend max did his time and when he got out he tried to turn a new leaf and start over under a new name max vision he moved in with his father and started working numerous part-time technological support jobs he found interest in the irc or internet chat relay which he illegally downloaded wares on wares spelt w-a-r-e-z are software that has been illegally copied and distributed in some way. These illegal downloads were being traced by an internet service provider, which traced all the uploads Butler put in an unprotected file transfer protocol server. These uploads were using a large majority of CompuServe's bandwidth. After this, he moved to the Bay Area where he met other Idaho tech geeks, whom he rented out a mansion with decking the place out in high-performance gaming rigs and running Cat5 cables throughout the halls. Max wasn't out of the deep end yet, though, and CompuServe came back for more. The Publishers Association filed a $300,000 lawsuit against Butler for his unauthorized spread of software from CompuServe. He settled the case for $3,500 and free computer consulting. Max started a consulting business as a white hat hacker. He performed penetration tests for corporate clients He was successful, and it's necessary to mention Max was making $100 an hour hacking for corporations. For Max, though, it just wasn't enough. He missed the thrill of the private networks he used to lurk on. In 1998, he ended his white hat activities when an irresistible opportunity fell at his feet. Internet experts had found a security hole in the Bind server named Daemon. The Bind server is a software collection of tools which includes the world's most widely used DNS server software. The Bind server is actually intended to serve as a reference architecture for DNS software. The hole that was identified, if left unpatched, would allow hackers to take control over hundreds of thousands of machines. Butler entered the federal sites to fix the error, And of course, left a malicious backdoor for his way back into government and military networks. As soon as his backdoor was done installing, his computer screen was covered in alerts from military bases, nuclear labs, the U.S. Departments of Commerce, transportation, and even the National Institutes of Health. It wasn't long until his pop-up notifications were traced back to him. He was sentenced to three years in prison, but only served 18 months in Taft Federal Prison. Of course, Putting criminals together in the same place of living doesn't always work out in the government's favor. According to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, once someone has been in prison, recidivism rates become higher, sitting at a rate of 60% chance of reoffense after release in California. In saying this, the sentencing actually worked in Max's favor as he met another offender, Jeff Normington, who was finishing up an 11-month stay at Taft for wire fraud. Jeff was interested in Max's outstanding talent and knowledge. They took daily walks in the courtyard, talking together about what they would accomplish when they got out. In 2002, Max was released from TAF and eventually picked up by a Berkeley company for his services. Max pounced at the chance when his buddy Jeff from federal prison tells him it's time to meet his contact. Jeff hooks up Max with one of his associates, Christopher Aragon, who had recently run an Orange County leasing company. Aragon had access to cash and had a good reputation in the criminal underworld. When he was just 18 years old, he had driven the getaway car in a trio of Colorado bank robberies, resulting in him serving eight and a half years, never snitching on the others involved in the robberies. Max had gotten out of jail just in time for the cybercrime gold rush. In 2002, the first of the Carter forums was infusing the underground. Identity theft was easily done, however somewhat easy to trace back, as law enforcement had the ability to trace an IP address and subpoena the internet service provider for the location. Max started hacking small, easy targets. He exploited Wi-Fi vulnerabilities. He watched online chat rooms, finding vulnerable cyber crooks and attacking their systems. He stole identity information, passwords, and pins. One more valuable target for Max was referred to as dumps. The magnetic stripe data on the backs of credit cards. When Max obtained these dumps, Aragon would be working on stamping out fake credit cards using an embosser, a card printer, a heat foil press, and an MSR-206 Magstripe writer. They were all on top of the world until Aragon made a sloppy mistake using a few suspicious cards at the W Hotel, which got him arrested with three years of probation. Max lost trust in Aragon, and he started looking for new buyers. The search brought him to Shadow Crew, which is a Carter site used to traffic counterfeit credit cards and false identity documents. It also provides tips and tools to members. Max logged in under the Elias Iceman. Max was suspicious from the start of the site, though, and he kept his distance, which in the long run actually saved him. The admin for the site was identified as a snitch when the Secret Service rounded up 28 Shadow Crew members, not including Max. The raid of Crooks was called Operation Firewall, which began in July 2003 as an investigation into Access device fraud. This investigation soon transitioned into something larger, involving widespread global credit card fraud and the discovery of a large identity theft marketplace taking over the internet. The U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force and its law enforcers identified members not just from Shadow Crew, but other fraudulent forums such as Carter Planet and Dark Profits. Operation Firewall was the largest ever Law Enforcement Operation Against the Underground Computer Network. Max evaded this raid because of his suspicion of the Shadow Crew site. He then decided he wanted to make his own forum called Carter's Market. He wanted to be the king of the dark market, though, so he started on a 48-hour hack in his suffocating apartment filled with heat from multiple computers running in his room. He hacked all four of his biggest competitors and redirected the users of those sites to his website. Max left the other forums crippled for a long time. Carter's Market came out on top with a 6,000 plus strong user base. In 2002, a change came about and the FBI started to close in on these darknet forums. FBI Director Robert Mueller had declared hacking activities as the second priority of the FBI, just below terrorism. The feds started arresting buyers of credit dumps and of course people started talking. They worked their way up from buyers to sellers and finally to admins of Carter's Market. It all snowballed when they caught Christopher Aragon, Max's partner in crime. Aragon wouldn't cooperate, but his records exposed business with numerous people involved. After further investigation, the FBI knew a few more details, including the location of the anonymous admin Iceman. He lived in Oakland, San Francisco. The FBI started monitoring all the IP addresses that visited the Carter's Market site. He narrowed down the logons to one particular residential block where Max Butler was located. He was arrested in 2007 for the operation of the Carter's Market site. After pleading guilty to two counts of wire fraud and the theft of nearly two million credit card numbers, these credit card numbers were used for $86 million in fraudulent purchases. Butler was sentenced to 13 years in prison, the longest sentence ever given for hacking charges in the USA at the time. He was featured on the TV series American Greed and was the subject of Kevin Poulsen's book titled Kingpin. It goes into a thorough deep dive into this story. In an upcoming episode, the author Kevin Poulsen will be featured, so it might be interesting to look into this book. Thank you for listening.